This is a Pele Media Podcast. Coming to you live from the Pele Media Studios in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, this is Undrafted with your hosts, Chris and Jamie. Hey guys, welcome to the Undrafted Podcast. Uh, I may sound a little bit different than uh, Jamie or Chris because this is Kyle and it uh, looks like today we've got actually a special episode for you guys. We're going to be talking to a friend of Scott's, uh, Mr. Ryan Rhodes, who is an MMA fighter. I was able to sit down with Ryan on Friday and talk all about everything going on in the world of MMA, including UFC versus Bellator, uh, the upcoming UFC 29, and of course McGregor versus Mayweather, uh, which is uh, what everybody's talking about right now after that crazy PR tour that they had last week. So uh, the boys will be back sometime later this week with a regular scheduled show. Uh, This is going to be our Monday kind of bonus feed for you. So without any further ado, I'd like to thank Mr. Ryan Rhodes for coming on and talk to us. And uh, here is our interview. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Undrafted Podcast. This is Kyle Crane, and folks, we have a very special guest on the show and a very special treat today. I have Ryan Rhodes, uh, a heavyweight class MMA fighter here, to talk a little bit about uh, his experiences as a fighter, and I just kind of want to get some of his opinions on some of the things going on in the world of MMA today. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me on. I know that uh, being in uh, in a in a cage and fighting another guy is a is a pretty daunting experience. But I think uh, our experience with technology today was a fight in and of itself uh, to get everything working here. But finally, we got that. So I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on and talk about us. But uh, tell me a little bit about your experience uh, with MMA. How did you get started uh, in in fighting? Uh, let's see. So I'd always done martial arts as a as most younger kids seem to started in taekwondo and um kind of messed around with with that as i was growing up and i was always kind of infatuated with different type of martial arts and then um i loved watching ufc ever since i i can remember and actually fast forward i had a guy that was working for me named phil greathouse and one night um working for me at uh, one of the bars I own. And after work one night, we were just like messing around, like roughhousing and whatnot. And uh, I ended up, I guess, you know, going in for like a little, you know, half takedown type thing or whatever. He ends up taking my back and tapped me out in probably like three seconds maybe. And that's probably even being, you know, um, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa what is that? Because up to that point, I had never, you know, wrestling with friends and things like that. I'd never experienced being, you know, somebody getting the better of me or being tapped out or anything. And I was like, I was like, I want to learn that. And he goes, ah, you know, I've been a professional fighter for about 10 years now. I said, what really? And I was like, well, I want to learn that. And, uh, that was basically it. I started, um, meeting with him, you know, kind of like loosely training, like privately here and there. And then uh, eventually I ended up signing up at this gym um, back in Corpus. And, but I wasn't due to my, what I was doing for work at the time, which was um, owning bars and, and things like that. It, that definitely doesn't go hand in hand with the lifestyle that it takes to be a, 
competitive athlete. So I would just train periodically here and there, you know, a few days a week. Um, and, and then, uh, I guess I remember exactly when it was, um, oh, I had a, actually had a major fallout with a business partner over there. He, uh, he tried to steal everything from me behind my back, basically. And he, he thought it was attorney client privilege, but it wasn't. And he thought that just because he was speaking to these attorneys, you know, he took our contracts over there to see if there was something, maybe he didn't dot an I or cross a T or something like that. Um, if he'd be able to basically just take everything from me because of greed and they ended up telling me everything. So, um, we were like best friends, like brothers, you know, I would have done anything for the guy. And so I was pretty upset, uh, as you could imagine with that. And, you know, a lot of things I was doing at the time currently were out of respect for him, you know, giving me the opportunity to buy in and, and everything. And, uh, finally I just used that as motivation. Like, what are you doing? You know? Uh, you need to do things for yourself and start, you know, focusing on yourself. I'd gotten out of shape, um, late nights at the bar and, you know, drinking all the time. And, um, I just basically went and started a, a diet, booked a one-way ticket to Thailand and never looked back. And then, um, yeah, I started getting really, really serious about it then and, I'm not even sure how long I went without taking a, a day off from training, but I became obsessed with it. And I, um, I would trying to mix like bodybuilding type stuff or like physique competition type stuff with MMA. The lifestyles couldn't be more polar opposite. Everything that goes into mm -hmm. it, the, the cardio side of it, the diet side of it, one is you train for, for show and the other you train for go. And trying to do both is very, very difficult. But, yeah, that's basically yeah. the... And the that's uh, something I was curious about, the, uh, the MMA-style training. Is that something that's akin to like a CrossFit or an HIIT training type thing? Or is it uh, completely different from those? Um, I guess it... I've never personally done CrossFit, so I couldn't really speak on that. I, I, I'm very familiar with it uh -huh. and, and things like that. But it's – I would associate it more with uh, HIIT training, like HIIT. But you kind of have to have all of it. It's a sport that requires – you know, there's parts where you need bursts of – sudden bursts of energy and power, but you also need to have, you know, a longer endurance, you know, you need to be strong, but not, in my opinion, not kind of, um, not as muscle bound as you would. If you look at a lot of guys, um, that are, have a lot more muscle, they typically seem to gas out a lot more quickly than somebody with less muscle because they're, their muscles require more oxygen and they have to train that much harder, you know, to be able to last with guys that have less muscle. It's kind of like, you know, look at Roy Nelson. He has, you know, not something that you would, you know, I guess an ad admirable physique, um, but the guy has cardio in a gas tank and you would never even guess that, you know? So yeah, it's, um, 
the training is very, very rigorous. We used to, we used to joke that if you made it to the fight without getting injured, um, or you're actually, I mean, for the most part, you're going to be going in there for sure hurt if you're training, you know, really hard, but if, uh, kind of working through injuries and whatnot, but if you make it to the fight, we would always joke and say that was a win. Like you made it. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a, uh, I hear that a lot of people compare mixed martial arts to a chess game in a lot of ways that it's not just a get in there and beat the crap out of the other guy and be the last man standing. But when things go down to the mat, it's a lot of, uh, very focused timing type things, you know, like knowing a counter to a move or knowing a counter hold to a move or being able to best your opponent when they show a weakness or an opening. How much of your training goes into understanding uh, how to take advantage of another opponent's move? Is that something that just kind of comes through natural instinct or do you guys train to look for openings and things like that? I would say a, a small part of it is probably natural instinct, but Definitely, definitely, you you train that. So, I mean, you'll see guys that will get rocked or, you know, hurt in fights, and they're still, you know, they look like they're they're out of the fight, but they're still going through certain motions and um, different things, like different counters and protecting themselves, even though their their mind might might not fully be there because they've trained these, you know, these moves and these counters and and whatnot so many repetitions that they kind of go on autopilot. But I would for sure say even on the, the standing side um, and the ground, you know, you might um, try to force a reaction from your opponent, see how they're, they're going to react to it. You know, if you throw a faint or fake a shot or you're throwing one type of attack to see how they react. Um, and if they react one way, then you go about your attack you know, one way, if they react differently, you know, then you have a, you know, a plan B, plan C in your head. Um, everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the face, though, you know. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it, yeah, everything goes out it the window. It kind of throws everything for a loop. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's best to just be as prepared as possible um, and go through as many different scenarios and envision everything so it's like you've been there before very cool now you mentioned earlier that you'd booked a, a ticket to thailand did you take any muay thai or kickboxing training while you were there no i wished i did that was actually um just a, a fun trip like a friend's trip with a couple of my buddies that had just graduated from med school and they were going to have some downtime in between starting their uh residencies and they asked her like, uh, Hey, you want to go to Thailand? And I was like, what? I was like, yeah, when? And they were like, well, tomorrow. So I said, what? So <laughs> I said, oh. at short notice. Yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, uh, yeah. And I actually didn't have a passport at the time. So I was like, oh, all right. You know, booked our, booked our flight, went to the passport office, uh, the following morning. And I was planning on just meeting them in, in Thailand, went there at 8 a.m., got my passport by noon, and then um, left the next day. And But their flight got delayed when they were flying out of uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. And um, I ended up meeting them at the airport, so it worked out. We were all able to fly over together, so that was pretty cool. 
Very cool. Very cool. Well, I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit too, uh, not just in your own uh, experiences with MMA, but kind of what's going on in the world of mixed martial arts and combat sports right now, because we're in a very interesting time. You know, right now we're in the summer of 2017, and uh, in a lot of ways, UFC has gone from being kind of the biggest giant in the sport to after their buyout deal, uh, kind of showing some uh, chinks in their armor, if you will. And it's it's a lot of people are saying it's a good time for another uh, company to come along and kind of give them a run for their money. And we're also right here kind of on the verge of the Mayweather versus McGregor. Uh, fight, which is showing like it could be one of the biggest boxing matches of all time. But I wanted to get your opinion on the current state of uh, kind of UFC versus Bellator at the moment. Bellator's made some really big signings lately, and I know that UFC has had a lot of trouble uh, in the past couple of months, especially with their last pay per view uh, where the main event had to be changed at the last second. Just kind of give me, as a fighter, your kind of inside track. If you had the ability to go to one of the two companies right now, which one looks like? Uh, would be a better option for you hmm i would still say um in my opinion i think the ufc is hands down um the the top dog regardless of you know some people you might get better contracts or better deals with different organizations but especially for the the common spectator or consumer they might not even call it mma they'll ask oh you so you train ufc you know, which is just, it's an organization yeah. versus what actual the sport is. So they've created such a, a massive brand that, you know, that's like people, oh, you play, uh, that's, you know, Houston Astros, like calling it baseball or something, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, personally I would, I would definitely say UFC just because that's, you know, it's always been the one, like kind of like the, the pinnacle it's been the, the top one, but I think it's definitely showing, um, the competition. I I always think competition is a good thing. You know, it, it makes everybody else be better. You have to adapt and, you know, nobody can go on a full run and, you know, without any, without anything happening or difficulties, you know, and go, go, you know, go perfect. I guess other than Mayweather <laughs> until until recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think uh, they're definitely doing some signings, but it seems that the guys that they sign are usually, for the most part, uh, up until uh, Gegard, Saucy, were usually guys that weren't really making a full run toward the title. Ryan, uh, toward the title, sorry. Ryan Bader, that that caught me off guard um, because he was doing really well. But it, it doesn't seem like they're signing a lot of like like high high profile fighters as of yet. Um, I think it'll just mm-hmm. it's just going to take take more time and keep doing what they're doing because they're you know they're trucking along and doing their thing. And um, but as of right now, I still think they're you know, a decent ways away from being like a legitimate contender for the the UFC as far as the the top spot. 
like you were saying earlier, UFC is uh, synonymous with the sport itself. It's almost like, you know, I don't say I'm going to go get a facial tissue to blow my nose. I'm going to go get a Kleenex. You know, that word is like taking over everything. If I'm going to, it's like, hey, you want to come over and watch the UFC tonight? That's what we're going to do. Bellator doesn't really roll off the tongue like that. But uh, they have made some very interesting strikes going up against them. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of in the late 90s when you had the WWF and the WCW at the time going against each other. Uh, WWF's ratings were kind of dropping a little bit. And WCW reached into their pocketbook and signed like Hulk Hogan and uh, all these top name guys who maybe, you know, were, I don't want to say past their prime, but you saw like a, a few months ago, I think Bellator had their top uh, match was like Tito Ortiz versus Chael Sonnen as a match. Uh, and they did a pretty good job in uh, in booking that and promoting that match. I think the match itself was just okay, you know, but it was definitely a, like a really fun lead in into that kind of thing. But it seems to me like they still have a long way to go as far as presentation. Uh, coming up very shortly, UFC 214, I think it is, uh, has uh, Daniel Cormier versus John Jones, the second match that they're going to have in that. Uh, and their lead up into that, their promotional material for that has been almost as good as like some Hollywood movie trailers. And when I watch UFC, it's like their camera work is on point, their presentation is on point. And when I watch Bellator, it looks like they got, you know, kind of some second string uh, guys who are used to shooting like football games. And they're trying to apply that regular sports logic to shooting something that is almost theater in the round in its presentation, you know, so I think they still have a, a long way to go. So I would definitely agree with you there that, you know, they, it's, it's a good time for competition to come up, but I think that Bellator still has a long way to go before they, you know, can even get on UFC's level, but it's going to be, you know, ultimately us as the consumers, as the fans, we're the ones that win because like you were saying, now we got like, you know, two pay-per-views a week sometimes, you know, to keep up with. So it's definitely an exciting time. Um, but give me your opinion on the Mayweather versus McGregor fight. You know, that's about a month away at this point. We just had this uh, very entertaining PR <laughs> kind of like tour that they did around the world leading up to that thing. Uh, I've been hearing that, you know, in the in the odd chance that McGregor actually wins this thing, which I think he's been doing a pretty good job of, of uh, making it look like he has a chance there. Uh, it's some people are saying it's going to be very, very bad for Las Vegas. What, what are your thoughts going into that match? Do you think McGregor has any chance at all against Mayweather? Man, um, I think I'll probably get um, I'll catch a lot of flack for this, but uh, I wasn't a McGregor fan um, whenever he first came out, came on the scene, but he really grew on me and he has put all of the, the naysayers you know, silenced everyone. Um, and even with the, whenever he lost, you know, he lost to Nate Diaz. He took that loss like a, you know, like a warrior, like a, you know, he's like, okay, yeah, I lost, but you know what, let's do it again. I don't want to change anything. We're going to do the same way, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's go. He's, I think that he's crazy enough that he does believe the things that, that he's saying. And one of the coolest things about combat sports is that nothing is guaranteed. All it takes is one, you know? So yeah, um, I think people that are like, oh, he's just going to get completely ran over. It's a freak show and, and this and that. And, you know, he's going to get knocked out by Mayweather. You know, I think that's just silly. Um, Mayweather doesn't knock anybody out and he's using, yeah. um, 10 ounce gloves. Um, 
the fact that McGregor is so unorthodox, it's, you know, everybody knows what Mayweather's going to do, but they still can't stop him, you know? So, uh, then you have McGregor who nobody knows what he's going to do. You know, everybody, I mean, there's, I guess, language in their contracts, you know, he's not allowed to do anything crazy or there's a lawsuit, this and that. But he's so unorthodox, it's not going to be like an MMA-style fight boxer versus a straight-up pure boxer is going to present a lot of different attacks that Mayweather hasn't seen on a boxing side before. Um, you know, the way he throws, you know, steps out and throws his, you know, uses his jab and then throws his overhand and... I mean, everybody that he's that McGregor has has faced afterwards, you know, they would they would hate on him beforehand, and then afterwards, you know, they say, "Man, the kid hits really hard." Um, so he presents trouble as a southpaw, which Mayweather has had a difficult time with southpaws in the past. Um, the way I think it'll play out is, if I was to bet on it, all things equal. I would say McGregor probably has the best chance of beating Mayweather if he can knock him out within the first four rounds. And I think saying that, you know, there's no way that he can knock him out, this and that. I'm like, I mean, how do you know that? Of course he can. He knocks people out and right. anybody can get knocked out. I don't care how big, how bad, anybody can get knocked out just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't. So, I mean, I would like, I would like for McGregor to, to do that and to really uh, ruffle some feathers. But um, I think that if he doesn't get him in the first four rounds, that it'll, it'll go the distance. And I think he'll definitely uh, get outpointed as far as, um, you know, boxing rules go. I think he'll get peppered a lot and Mayweather will definitely outscore him and win the majority of the rounds, in my in my opinion. Oh no, I was saying, but I'd I'd like to I'd like to see some uh feathers get ruffled though. I'll definitely be tuning into that. Yeah, it's crazy. The buy rates that they're expecting for that pay-per-view are something in the range of like $7 million, meaning that if it's running for about $100 per purchase, it's going to make uh, close to a billion dollars in one showing, which is just insane. But I'm, I'm kind of like you were kind of pointing to there, I, I, I'm of the mind that it's either going to be the greatest thing of all time and we're going to see like a really intense four-round match or it's going to be like regular Mayweather fight and it's going to be dull and long and, you know, like scientifically paced <laughs> to yeah. the very end. So one way or the other, it's going to be something everybody's talking about because it's either going to be the greatest thing in the world or the worst thing in the world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, it's 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 the spectacle of the whole thing. This thing has been crazy in its lead up to it that, you know, McGregor's been going out there and cutting like, you know, professional wrestling style promos against Mayweather in their PR tour and you know uh, afterwards when they're interviewing either McGregor or Mayweather it almost seems like the whole thing was like an inside joke you know they're talking very respectfully of each other and saying like hey we're giving the folks what they want to see you know they want to get it be entertained and that's what we're here to do so uh, I, I, I as well will be watching it and I'm, I'm fully expecting to be entertained so but if it's you know a good entertained or a bad entertained I don't know <laughs> we'll see but, yeah it's definitely I've yeah. been I've been watching their their tour and I mean, it's 
hilarious, definitely entertaining. But I think that was another reason that Mayweather also agreed to take the fight was because usually he would be the one selling it, you know, being the bad guy, um, this and that. And he knows that he doesn't have to do all of that on his own because McGregor is just going to go out there and, you know, do his thing, talk about wearing polar bear and he doesn't care how how hot it is. He's still going to rock polar bear and, you know, he's just so out there. Um, it's one of those things. People either, like both of them, they either love him or they hate him. But chances are they're going to pay and tune in to watch one way or the other, which is what it comes Absolutely. down to. Yeah, Can't stop watching you know, either way. Their, uh, yeah. their trips to the bank afterwards are probably not going to be very dull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, but before we get off here, I want to give you a chance to, uh, to kind of plug anything you have going on, like business-wise. Um, I mean, as far as businesses... Um, I own some bars and, and clubs down in, in Corpus Christi, Mulligan's Pub, Murdoch's, um, bought, and, bought and sold some other ones down there, but uh, ended up opening some gyms, FlexFit Gym 24-7. There's a group of gyms down there, uh, mostly in, in Corpus as well. They're 24-hour gyms. Um, fortunate enough to open one in my hometown where I went to kindergarten all the way through high school. So that was a pretty cool experience. Oh, very cool. Um, and yeah, I moved up to Houston. Actually, uh, I'd always lived in Corpus, but ever since the, the Thailand trip, I was hooked on traveling. So I took every opportunity I could to travel, travel the world, but I would still always stay in Corpus and uh, my current business partner, um, we ended up starting a couple fuel trading companies where we basically, you know, take title of aviation, kerosene, jet fuel, crude, things like that, and sell that to um, hedge funds, you know, different large organizations, large groups, and and whatnot. So have a couple different companies doing that, but that was the main reason ended up moving to, to Houston and I couldn't be happier that, that I did it. I never in a million years would have thought I would a ever live in Houston and B end up loving it. Cause I would come visit my friends and in, in college and things like that. And I, I don't know, I just never really got to see what it really had to offer. And yeah, now I'm, I'm a huge fan. It has everything to offer, but but yeah, as far as plugs, like a, nothing really. I'm doing a, uh, um, a competition called uh, Texas Legends Championship. It's a men's physique competition where you wear um, board shorts and get really ridiculously tan. <laughs> um, <laughs> August 5th in, in Dallas. So that's coming up. So I've been currently dieting like crazy and um, depleting. So I'll be, be happy whenever I can, uh, eat a little bit more, but yeah, that's all I have really. Yeah. Is, is that the plan as soon as that's over to go and like, uh, just, uh, treat yourself to whatever you want? Um, you, it used to be, but I'm so, I'm uh -huh. quite the nerd and I, I try to look up and follow the science behind everything and try and apply it to, 
you know, real life. And from what I've been seeing is a lot of competitors afterwards, the first thing they want to do is eat all of this, you know, all of this junk food and all of this stuff, which sounds <laughs> great. But after you've done such a, a strict diet like that, your body is a lot more susceptible to rebounding. And I'm planning on, if all goes well, to be able to qualify for nationals at this show. And then I'm going to Costa Rica for about a week for my birthday, um, August 10th. And then um, whenever I come back, I'm planning on doing, a, if, if I was to qualify, doing a national show um, in Miami. And if all goes well there, then I can get an IFBB pro card. So I'm still, I'm not going to go crazy and um, kind of work too hard to, you know, put on like 20 pounds of donuts <laughs> after. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely. As compelling myself. as that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, very cool. Well, Ryan, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here on Undrafted today. We wish you the best of luck and everything. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have you back on in a future episode after the next uh, big thing in combat sports happens if, if you're open to it. So absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining this week's episode of Undrafted. Got a message for the boys? Let your voice be heard by emailing them at undraftedcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show and have access to exclusive bonus content, then head over to patreon.com slash Media, where for the low price of $1 a month, you can have access to bonus podcast episodes from Pele Media on a wide variety of pop culture topics, including new bonus weekly shows as well as our entire back catalog. Join Chris and Jamie again next Monday for an all-new episode of Undrafted. Undrafted.